Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zetner Geology Podcast, Episode 88, Variety Platter. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's April 12th. It's a Tuesday morning, and it's snowing like crazy outside here in Ellensburg. Three, four inches on the ground, no signs of letting up. Can't believe it. I mean, we really had one big snowstorm in January, and that was it for the entire winter. And here we are in mid-April, and uh, the plans I had for this week involved a a pop-up geology event later this week. I was just about to announce it. I'm glad I held off. Uh, The weather is winter-like and looks like it'll stay that way for a few more days. So this week is kind of out, and so I'm forced indoors to uh, do things... uh, in the confines of uh, the basement here where I'm recording this podcast and up to school in just a few minutes and uh, I'll be in my office all day working on projects. So um, I I like that idea that I can have that kind of flexibility and film when the weather's great and uh, when it's not great, go to plan B. So variety platter, that means kind of what it sounds like, I guess. Um, I'd like to report on a number of things I've been doing in the last few weeks. I think the last audio episode was talking about Robert Hildebrand, and that was back in mid-March when I was on a spring break trip in Arizona. Uh, And since I've returned with Liz to uh, central Washington, we've enjoyed, you know, spring-like weather. So one day it's 70 degrees, another day it's 40 degrees, that sort of thing. But on those beautiful days, Uh, I've been out, and my teaching schedule this spring is unusual, where I'm teaching early in the week, a couple of lab sections and, you know, faculty meetings and advising sessions and things of that nature, but then for the rest of the week, I have a car, and I, a central car, in other words, and uh, I've, I've had the good fortune of being able to get out and enjoy the weather hook up with some interesting people, film much of it, and put it on the YouTube channel. So what I'd like to talk about and do a little bit of geology with you today, um, kind of popping up organically, I guess, from some of the things I was doing. Um, Let's see. I did a uh, walking out to an ice rafted erratic near Vantage, Washington. I'm talking about the videos I've I've, I've posted on the YouTube channel. then uh, I went down to Oregon, spent some time with uh, both of my boys, and of course had to film a little bit when I was down there. So I did a short video walking over a bridge on the Willamette River in downtown Portland and talking about the Portland Hills. I went to a concert with my son who lives in Eugene, and the next morning I got up early and drove up to Mary's Peak. And using the Roadside Geology book by Marley Miller, I found uh, that drive and an outcrop of pillow basalt from Silesia. Back in Ellensburg, I posted the first of many CW geology videos. The first one was uh, kind of a rebroadcast of a, an alumni lecture that I did back in 2016, talking about the history of the geology department. I thought that would be a good place to start. And I'd like to talk more about my plans for the spring and 
and why I'm doing a bunch of geology department videos. Uh, that's coming in a second. Uh, I, beautiful afternoon, Sunday, I guess a little more than a week ago, I, I, I filmed uh, at a very well-used outcrop, a uh, little uh, a agricultural town called Thorpe. And there's some white bluffs there. And, and uh, if you look carefully at those layers, there's a lot of volcanic mud flow material, but also some pumice and some cross-bedded uh, beds that don't make much sense to me and have always bugged me. So I, you know, in my style, asked more questions than I had answers, even with an outcrop that's very close to my campus. But um, I had plans to have our, our new volcanologist go out there with me, and I was going to film that a couple days ago, but again, the weather got in the way. And um, let's see. I thought there was another one. Can't remember it at the moment. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I was out with, <laughs> how could I forget? I was out with Randy Lewis uh, for the first time since his stroke last fall, and we were at Peshaston Pinnacles last Wednesday. And I'm happy with how that one turned out. Randy told the story, Native American story, of those pinnacles and their significance. And then we commented on um, what it's like to be a Native American and seeing such a holy place being overrun by hikers and rock climbers and power lines and everything else. I think I'll save that one for the next audio podcast, to be honest. And then finally, uh, I was out with Backcountry Gary, one of the regulars of the live stream crowd, uh, a guy that I only met a couple times briefly last fall at, at a couple of the pop-ups, but I took a hike with Gary Paul, longtime U.S. Forest Service employee, um, and very well-connected and well-respected uh, Forest Service person. Uh, we took a hike middle fork of the Snoqualmie River, and uh, I liked how that one turned out as well. We were uh, hiking and talking at the same time, and for those of you that hike a lot, you know the experience. Like if you're hiking with somebody and you're talking the whole time, you're looking at their back, you know, if they're in front of you, or they're looking at your back if you're if you're hiking in front of them. And there's not a whole lot of eye contact when you're just on the trail together and you're talking about whatever. So I kind of filmed in that style with Gary up in front of us. Um, and I, I really liked that one. So that's the variety platter of which I speak. And again, I think, okay, so let's start with the Randy thing. Um, it's always interesting to read the comments uh, when you post a YouTube video. Uh, Randy... Okay, I'll just say, um, one of the comments caught my eye after I posted the video, and it was somebody basically said, just take the audio from this and post it on your audio podcast. And if you're a longtime listener of this radio series, you know that I experimented with that, I don't know, a couple of years ago maybe? I did a long-form interview with Merle Beck and another one with Ralph Haggerud and another one with Daryl Cowan and I just grabbed the audio from those three videos and played them here. And I was even wondering if I should take a bunch of the classroom sessions that I have done over the years and just grab the audio off of those video files and then put them here. Um, I guess the feedback I received was uh, what's the point, you know? Those that 
you know, enjoyed the live streams, enjoyed the live streams. You don't have to like duplicate your efforts here. Um, but I think I might look into that with, with the Randy episode, especially the 30 minutes or so where he is telling a story from beginning to end about the very important nature of Peshastin Pinnacles. I think I'll maybe take the other stuff out, but Oh, so so I'll I'll save that. I think I think now that I'm sharing that with you, I think I'm forced to do it, forcing myself to do it. So I'll remember how to grab some audio uh, only from a video uh, broadcast, and uh, that'll be the next radio episode. Let's just say that. So I won't come any more on that. But the rest of the variety platter, I did learn some geology, and it's it's kind of the new way that I'm learning geology, and that is I I just put something up there. I just post a video, and enough geologists, uh, professional geologists, and then other folks who are deeply into geology from an amateur point of view, I hear from them, whether it's truly a, a comment down below the YouTube channel, or I get an email from them, and they say, saw what you did, you were wondering about X, Y, and Z, uh, I have the answer, or I think you screwed, I think you screwed up on that one, I think, I think, um, I think we need... By the way, I'm distracted. I got my email. Can you hear the the dings and the notifications? I hope not. Let me close the email. It's distracting me at least. Um, shit, what was I saying? Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was saying. I got done talking about Randy, right? What was I, what was I into? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, for instance, the Portland Hills Fault. I mean, it was something as simple as, oh, uh, great to see you down in Portland. Uh, we don't call it the Portland Hills fault. We call it the West Hills. Okay? Call it the West Hills. These are the hills uh, immediately west of Portland. West Hills. Makes sense. The kind of impulsive video that I, I filmed on the, I uh, forget the name of the bridge, uh, a beautiful pedestrian-only bridge that's relatively new over the Willamette, I was just waiting for my son to get out of class, basically, and I just filmed that thing kind of on the spot. But I had the roadside geology book, and I was looking at a couple of maps that Marley had created for downtown Portland. And I, I was really surprised that the West Hills were made out of Columbia River basalt lava, which is not a shock because... If you remember our radio episodes of the, the Columbia River basalt lavas, the fissures for those incredible flood basalts are in eastern Oregon and eastern Washington, even down as far south as northern Nevada. And, and many of those Grand Ronde main phase flows made it from those cracks all the way to the ocean. So they traveled west, and you know Portland is between eastern Oregon and the coast. So that's, that's not a shock. But the, the surprise to me, and... I don't know, maybe I need to back off of it a little bit based on some of the feedback I got from some geologists, but the, this, the, the map uh, indicated this northwest-southeast trending ridge with a fault on the north side. Same for an area a little bit further south, south of Lake Oswego. I've already forgotten the name. Then the Salem Hills, just south of Salem, Oregon, same idea, northwest-southeast trending ridge made out of Columbia River basalt lava with a fault on the north side. Well, you know, I'm kind of sharing my, my approach these days. You know, instead of 
looking at a map like that in a roadside book and then going home and spending, I don't know, a week going through all my sources and, you know, working up a program and then delivering it in some auditorium, I'm just literally hitting, you know, record on the iPhone and I start talking. And I said, I just, I just found this map by Marley Miller and, and this sure looks like a bunch of our Yakima full basalts, sorry, this sure looks like a bunch of the ridges in central Washington, also made out of uh, Columbia River basalt lava. It's a big anticlinal ridge with a fault on the north side. So I just kind of presented, you know, not as the authority. First of all, I'm out of Washington. Second of all, I didn't take the time to look up what kind of fault the Portland Hills fault is. Um, but just sharing an idea that, is this right? Is this is this just another one of the many uh, um, structures within the Yakima Fold and Thrust Belt, even though we are clearly out of central Washington? Well, the, the, the response I got from a few geologists was that, yeah, I don't know, that's kind of a stretch, I think. Uh, you know, some have looked carefully at the Portland Hills Fault, and they see strike-slip motion, and, and in some cases, they even see some normal offset. I don't know what to do with that information. Uh, one geologist in particular, you know, would email about four times in the span of an hour. Like, first one's like, wrong. Second one, eh, maybe you got a point. Third one, oh, I'm coming around on this. Fourth one, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> so it's, it's a messy way to operate in a sense because, you know, um, as a, as a consumer, as a customer, as someone who wants to, you know, learn new geology, um, I don't know. Do you want a guy thinking out loud? Do you want somebody sharing a, a, a germ of an idea and then having those ideas uh, change as new information comes in? And you might go, yeah, that's fine. But you're all over the place, man. You're all over the place literally, like all over the Pacific Northwest. You're all over the time scale. You're in the Ice Age one time. You're in the you're in the Miocene another time. You're back in the Eocene another time. You now you're in the Cretaceous. I can't keep all this stuff straight. So there is a danger there. I think that I'm being a little too loosey goosey. I mean, the ultimate goal is just to share my enthusiasm and to share what's what's going on uh, with my little world. And I like sharing. Obviously, I, I like having an audience. There's no there's no there's no uh, secret there. We don't need to get into my psychosis or my. Uh, well, maybe maybe I will say one thing. I, I am not teaching every day, and this is an adjustment for me. I, I like that routine. I like that interaction with a group of people. Most of the time, it's you know nineteen year olds. That's fine by me. So even though I kind of have this dream gig where I'm just driving around, hiking, visiting, whatever, doing whatever I feel like doing, it's still not enough uh, um, interaction with a group. Okay, I'll, I'll leave that. We, we, don't, we don't need... The, 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 these always border on a little bit too much selfish stuff anyway, but um, I, I'm... In these in these quarters, when I'm not locked into a group, 
in a, in a weird way, I'm I'm looking for a group uh, through YouTube. Sounds desperate. Maybe it is. Let's move on. So I potentially learned some new things about the Portland Hills or the West Hills in the Portland area. Uh, I might follow up on that. I might not. That's kind of what I'm saying. The Mary's Peak video, uh, thanks to Marley, uh, that was a nice little outcrop. I'm sure there are many, 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 many other locations in Western Oregon and Western Washington where you can see pillows of Celestia. I mean, there must be millions of these pillows. But that was a cute little spot, and I'd never heard of Mary's Peak, which is a well-known landmark above Corvallis, Washington, uh, Corvallis, Oregon. Whoops. And, you know, you had to, it's kind of a sketchy place to go, and there's shotgun shells everywhere. It's clearly a, a very popular place to, to w play with your guns. So in that case, should I have not published a video knowing that I was sending people out to a place where they're playing with guns? I don't know. All I can do is just kind of share what I'm up to, and I can just kind of leave it leave it to people. the The business about sharing GPS locations, and I've already done a radio episode on that, but I continue with that, even if I don't make a big deal about it. I'm now making a habit of sharing the GPS location for those that want to follow through, and I have been hearing from people. It's kind of fun. You know, people say, yeah, I just, I, we, we made a special trip to go look at those old Columbia River cobbles near Granger. That was fun. Thanks for the location. I never would have known about that place before. And so on. I think one of the things I want to say here, I don't think I'll go through each video and give a behind the scenes, but and prepare for a little, a little, uh, all right. Um, I think I want to talk about why I want to make these videos for um, the benefit of the geology department where I work. And by the way, if we hadn't had this strange weather this week, this was the week I was going to really start cranking these things out, one or two a week. And so I'm a little bit delayed just because of the weather. But I guess here's what I want to say, and especially if you're in a geology department someplace else, whether you're an undergraduate student or a graduate student or a staff person or possibly even a faculty member in one of these academic departments. If you're in other countries, I don't know. But if you're in the United States, I think recruiting new students to your program is typically not very effective. So let me paint you a picture. Uh, universities for decades have had this model where, oh, it's really important to attract new majors to your program. And the, the model is we just have to figure out how to convince them to take our Geology 101. If we can get them in Geology 101, then they're sitting in a class with us for the whole quarter, and we'll get a charismatic person teaching the class, and then maybe we can get a portion of them to agree that geology is interesting, and maybe they'll take another class and continue in our geology program. I'm just talking about geology now. Well, the problem is geology is typically not taught uh, in a serious way uh, in high schools across the United States. 
it varies a little bit from state to state. But in general, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Geology is, is just kind of forgotten about. I, I think the first video I ever did with this, pod, with this podcast series, I opened with that idea that geology is kind of the bastard stepchild of, of the sciences. Nobody really knows who we are, what we do. And if we do, and if people are aware, some are like, well, I'm not going for that. So my grandma Helen used to say, I don't go for that. I'm not going for that. They're talking about millions of years. Ha! I'm a, I'm a religious person. I do not believe those numbers. So I don't want my little precious grandson to be taking a geology class because uh, those are obviously not religious people. Okay, so there's, there's a bunch of things fighting against us right off the bat. Well, what I want to say here is that even though I'm an older person and you would think that I am hip to the old ways, I know the old ways and the old ways do not work. The old ways of trying to recruit people into Geology 101. They're not going to, these freshmen, these especially at my school, they're not going to take geology because it sounds interesting. Does this surprise you? Uh, this is, you know, I've been here for 30 years. I've been teaching geology in general for 37 years. I know of what I speak in this case, terrible grammar. I know this geology thing is just not on the tips of people's tongues and especially if you're 19 years old and brand new at a university, you're not going to be seeking out geology. Yeah, there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, it's just not a thing. So your only hope of getting people enrolling in Geology 101 is to be in some sort of general university requirement program where they have to take a science and they truly pick geology because it looks the easiest. <laughs> I'm just trying to be real here, man. This is the reality of it. And I know I'm not talking about Harvard and something else, but I think for, for many, many, maybe thousands of universities and colleges across the country, enrollment in Geology 101 is not an easy thing. And so we were able to pack our Geology 101 classes for many, many decades simply because we were in a general education box with chemistry, physics, and biology. And lab, uh, labs were associated with all, all of those choices. So here you are. You're a music major at Central Washington University. You have to, to graduate from the university. You have to take a science class with a lab. Oh, man, I, let's say you're a tuba performance, you know, sousaphone performance major. You're going to put this off till you're senior, number one. Then you finally, you know, go, okay, I got to do this. Well, I'll pick geology. I don't even know what that is, but it, it sounds easier than, than physics with a lab, chemistry with a lab, or biology with a lab. And so they show up and take our geology class. Okay, I'm getting fired up now. What I'm saying is that that's, right now, an outdated model. To get people into your geology program, to just hope that they take a Geology 101 class. Do you know what I'm about to say? 
I think the potential, in fact, I know the potential for recruiting people to come study geology is not hoping they get their cute little butt into our classroom seat. It's to make entertaining, stimulating, inviting, welcoming, everybody's invited geology videos on YouTube. And if I was really serious about it, I'd get into TikTok and all this other bullshit. But I, I, that's, that's, I'm not willing to go there, at least right now. But I, I, I've been at this YouTube thing a while. If you're new to the party, I didn't really start making videos specifically for YouTube until the start of the pandemic. And here we are two years later, and the, the, the masks are off, hopefully for good. The restrictions are off. They're done, hopefully for good. We're back to normal finally after two years. But what has happened in the last two years? I have built an audience, a radio audience. Sure, I still don't know how many, but the YouTube audience, I know how many people there are. There's a lot of people. Are most of them old timers? Yeah, they probably are. But there are some younger people as well. And there are some people who are stuck in a career and they're 31 and they can see the next 30 years and it doesn't look good. Um, maybe the work is there, but the enjoyment is not there. I think the time is right for me to make some specific videos showcasing our department in my own way and I don't know if I'll ever be totally upfront with the video audience and say what I'm saying to you right now. I'm making these videos because I want to make sure that our department stays healthy. Now, the backdrop for that is we're coming out of this pandemic and universities, well, at least our university, I'm guessing universities across the country, maybe around the world, are nervous. Is everybody going to come back to these universities? The tuition's crazy high. Have the economic effects been severe enough to disrupt our university gravy train that we've had going for a while? And I say gravy train because there's way too many administrators here doing hardly anything, getting paid way more than us instructors, but let's not go there. But there's a potential for a major shakeup with universities. I'll just talk about my school. So my school is nervous. And their projections, whatever that means, their projections for the fall is that there's not going to be as many students with an incoming freshman class as before, before the pandemic. And so my short-term goal, boy, I'm, I'm laying it all on the line with you guys. Am I going to publish this one? I guess I will. I don't know. But I don't think I'll say it on the YouTube videos. The time is right for me to highlight our department. It's a good department. I'm proud of it. I've been here longer than anybody else. And if you have been a fan of the videos, you maybe have noticed that I, I just really haven't talked about the department much. Occasionally I'll have a I mean, even when I was teaching a class and live streaming a class, it was kind of done in a vacuum and I didn't have the students on camera. Um, I think I'm going to change all that. And the ultimate goal is to, first of all, 
have an increase in the number of people coming to Central to study geology, that would be a fun, tangible benefit of all this Mickey Mouse stuff I've been doing on YouTube. And in a bigger sense, to try to help people see at the university level that the old ways of recruiting are probably not that effective if we're talking about geology. Now, if we're talking about accounting or choral performance or something else, you know, that's, that's in the culture. Uh, you, you tell your parents what you're going to study and, and you say business or something and everybody's pleased, I guess. I don't know. Uh, if, you, if you tell your parents you're going into geology, there's an eyebrow that's going up. Like, what is, huh, what? So this is, this is different. This is not having somebody showing up at our university just because and then stumbling into our science build, our geology building just because and then kind of going, oh, this stuff's actually not too bad. Maybe I'll take another geology class. You know, that has been the approach for my whole career. But this might be, if I do it effectively... And again, I'm doing it with my own style, so I'm not going to be like interviewing people in their offices. I have plans to get out in the field uh, with many of our professors. Not all of them, <laughs> not all of them, but those that I think are entertaining, full of energy, uh, not all older white men. Uh, there's lots of angles to, to play up, and I'm hoping that the, the video and the audio speaks for itself. And so they, I guess they're going to be recruiting videos, even though I don't have any plans on having them uh, be labeled as a recruiting video. You know, most, I suppose, will figure out what's up. So that's kind of what I have in mind, and it's not going to be all that. You know, I will be continuing to learn new geology and sharing new ideas, and I'll just be sprinkling in the CW geology videos here and there. But that is the variety platter that I have in mind uh, for this spring and maybe even into this summer. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see how many people come. Now, I've uh, to finish this, this little weird episode... I've already kind of run into this a little bit. People in my department, uh, I, they're not watching the YouTube stuff, first of all, which might surprise you, but that, that's a whole other discussion we can get into at some point, if you like. So they're not really aware of the size of the audience or, or really what I've been doing. If, if they do watch, they're, they're, they're not admitting that they're watching. Okay, that's fine. But I have been sharing this idea with them about how I can increase the traffic of people coming to our building, essentially, to study with us. And I just don't think they see it. They don't understand. They're confused. And of course they're confused. They haven't seen any of this stuff. They don't really know um, the, the scope, the magnitude of what's been going on during the pandemic with my YouTube channel or even this radio episode, this radio series. Um, so it's, it's all kind of a big experiment, and I, and I like that. I, I like trying new things. And in this case, it will, 
I don't think I'll be bored with it because I'm invested in it, obviously, for multiple reasons. Uh, but I'll, I'll continue to learn from you all on, on if this is an interesting approach to take. So ultimately what I'm saying is I continue to try to evolve, which is satisfying in itself. You know, I, I could just keep doing the same stuff I've been doing for the last two years and, and call it good, you know. But that feels stale to me. And there's potential technologically and there's, there's, there's potential and there's, there's room for growth uh, academically as well. So do I love learning new geology? Absolutely. Is much of that going to be tied to these winter live stream series? I think so. I think so. I think the, the, the full bore, deep dive, uh, high level, dare I say it, high level of, of uh, learning and commitment, that's not sustainable year round, at least for me. And I don't think for the audience either. So if we kind of work with that model that winter time is our time when we really do some heavy lifting academically and learn a tremendous amount in a short amount of time, that works. But the rest of the calendar year, I love making these things. I love doing these things. I love learning how to continue to stir the pot. And the feedback from you is a great way to continue to test the waters here and there. And I'll back away from something if it doesn't feel right. So we're getting into an area now where we're kind of talking about money in a weird way, like I'm trying to convince people to come here to pay tuition to, you know, in, in, enroll in our program. And I'm not just going to be talking to 19-year-olds. I'm going to be talking to people in their 30s, maybe even in their 40s, who are looking for a mid-career change. Because that is something, I'll finish with this, that is something I, it's been a steady drumbeat for two years. I kind of knew it before, but I definitely know it now. There's a lot of people out there who regret, maybe you, maybe you regret the direction that you headed professionally. And there were circumstances uh at your tender age that kind of sent you in this career path, but you've, you've never felt like it was you. You never felt like it was what you should have done. And there's always been some remorse or some regret or looking back and going, boy, that was a, that was a two, two paths and I took the wrong path. Well, I don't know. Will we have a bunch of 35 year olds showing up this fall to study geology at central? Maybe. Maybe that will be a far more effective uh, or uh, a more popular path than uh, somebody coming out of high school, you know, seeing some of these videos that their grandparents gave them or something. I don't know. It'll be fun to find out. Didn't plan on doing all that with the geology uh, recruitment stuff, but you never know what you get with these things, including, uh, including uh, my, uh, my own self here sitting here in the basement. Uh, the snow continues to come down. I hope things are going well with you and where you are. If you have a chance to watch the Gary Paul hike or the two Oregon videos or the hike out to the ice rafted erratic or even the Randy Luce video that I'll, I'll talk more about next time. I hope that they're 
continues to be things out there for to enjoy, to learn, to watch. And I sincerely hope that all is well in your world. Thank you, dear listener. I love you. And goodbye.